Hey everyone, in this episode, we go through how you can be yourself online. We go through some principles that you can follow when you're building your YouTube channel. And we'll also talk about what it actually means to be authentic. And then we'll discuss some practical ways you can stay authentic online. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Nick and Sanji podcast, where we share our tips and tricks on how to start and grow a YouTube channel as we ourselves go on that journey. How are you today, Nick? Not too bad. I'm a little bit sleepy, so I'm going to have to try and stay high energy, but uh, yes. yeah, not too bad. How about you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Just came out of a standard work day. So I'm nothing but high energy. Yeah, nothing but high energy people (laughs) on this channel. Um, But we're excited. We've got a topic today around practical tips on how to be yourself online. Hmm. So we've been online now for a few years and we thought it's a good chance for us to share some of the things that we've learned that have helped us stay quite authentic over time. Things that um, we think you can implement in your own journey in terms of creating content online and hopefully as you see it throughout it is they're pretty straightforward things that everyone can really do and it's very easy to implement really so to start off with nick what does authenticity mean to you this day and age that's a very good question i think i'm still kind of working out what that means for me in terms of my own content and i think i think to a degree it probably means something different to everyone um depending on what type of content you have and everything but for me i think like trying to be myself online and be, trying to be authentic um it's kind of a few things one is trying to trying to be myself on camera because i think especially when, when i first started creating content it, it feels unnatural you know speaking to an inanimate object um rather than a person so you know i got a bit stiff and didn't really know how to talk to it and that kind of thing so i think just trying to um be the same on camera as i am when i'm just chatting to people in my everyday life so that's kind of one thing um trying to make content with the right motives so i think again in my early days i did i did make some videos just for the sake of trying to make money or get a lot of views yep. but now i think um trying to be myself trying to be authentic um means yeah, trying to have the right motives um so it's genuine content i guess rather than you know trying to have a, an underhanded um, objective and then for me as someone who sort of does a lot of tech stuff um, with cameras and camera gear and that type of thing um, i try to only recommend products that i actually like myself um, or the things that i think are actually good or things that i use myself because yeah i mean once you kind of get past maybe one or two thousand subscribers you start to get heaps of product offers and it can be really tempting to just take take them all in you know, all these free products and whatever um but uh yeah i think trying to stick to the ones you know that are actually good and that are going to help my mm. viewers is also what it means to be authentic for me so that's kind of what it means to me i'm still yeah again figuring out figuring out as i go along but um what does it mean for you sanji with your content yeah it's similar in terms of the personal finance space there's a lot of sponsorship opportunities that come up that don't necessarily align with products that I actually use. Like literally it'll be companies that I don't use their product will come saying, Hey, can you try this out? Or can you do a video? Can we do a collaboration on this? And I'm like, it's not even in my space. I don't use it. I've never heard of you. I'm not really interested. Mm. Um, And I think that's, that's the best way to stay authentic. Cause yeah, you do have the issue where if you do start to just do a deal with anyone, um, it will come through. And I think we'll touch on this a little bit later is, is around that comes through. And I just remember in one of Gary V's audio books, and so not in one of his little videos, but in his audio books, he did say you should always try and if you can hold off on doing sponsorship until you find someone that you actually are happy to work mm-hmm. with or you actually do use, 
Mm-hmm. Um, because even we've been in situations where we've listened to someone on a podcast and they advertise something. And when they actually say, I use this product, mm. then you're like, oh, okay. That you like, you kind of believe it rather than yeah. his product. Yep. And, or they say, you know, I use this product and I recently started using it. The one thing I hate though is when, and I, I'm not going to throw any creators under the bus because I haven't verified, verified this, but is if you watch a video from them three years ago where they recommend a particular product and then like three months ago, they seem to be still in the same category, but now are recommending a different product. Mm. Um, I know that can be a reality though, you know, especially in the digital category, things can change pretty quickly, Yeah, but there is something to be said about, um, yeah, trying to be a little bit consistent in how you approach it. In the personal finance space, that's been pretty easy because, you know, I like certain ETF providers and they've been pretty stable. But, um, yeah, I imagine in the particular product space, that can be a bit tricky. If you mm. genuinely like something, then a year later, something genuinely better comes along. Yeah. Um, uh, how you navigate that could yep. also be a bit tricky. Yeah, and I, I, I like the idea of connecting it back to real people because I think mm. um, a thing that still kind of shocks me to this day is when I get people come up to me in real life, like friends or um, people who've seen my content, and they'll say, oh, I saw that product you recommended and I went and bought it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's, that's kind of freaky. It's like, oh, man, I've actually got some recommendation power, you know what I mean? Um, so... That's a good reminder for me to not recommend trash products. Yeah. It's like people are actually listening to what I'm saying. They're actually listening to my recommendations. And I don't want to steer people wrong, especially people that I don't know, both people that I know and people that I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, it's, it can be so easy to just think of the views as just numbers and forget yeah. that it's actually real people watching. So I think that's a good way to stay authentic as well is just, um, yeah, think about the people. You think about yeah. your audience as real people rather than just just numbers or statistics, um, that type of thing. So, yeah. So we can probably transition into talking about some of the principles that we follow broadly to help us with staying authentic online. What are some that you follow, Nick? Um, yeah, well, kind of, it kind of basically follows on from what I was saying just then really about trying to think about um, the audience as real people. Um, so I try to keep in mind the main stakeholders and that's a really mm. like, I don't know, corporate term. Like I, I just couldn't think of mm. a better word for it. But um, the main people I try to think about is my audience, like my target audience. So <clears throat> what do they, what do they um, want to see? What do they like to see? What's going to be helpful to them? I think that's a really big thing I'm really trying to focus more on. Um, yeah, like how is my content actually going to help someone? Um, and then when I stay true to that, I think it, yeah, it just helps helps me be more consistent, um, and reminds me of you know why I'm trying to trying to make content in the first place. Um, and then with sponsors, I try and think about um, the types of sponsors that I want to attract in the future, and that guides the type of content that I make and how I present online. So um, I tend to want to attract you know higher quality sponsors, and so. Um, that informs my decisions in terms of trying to make my content as high quality as it can be rather than just, you know, like um, doing a really basic job or not putting in a lot of effort. Um, yeah, it just keeping the sponsors in mind helps me to just keep it at that, you know, high standard. Um, 
And then I try to have, I've, I, read out, I wrote out at the start of the year some values of my channel, which I need to go reread and just refresh myself on. This kind of um, just helps me stay on track. So um, things like, is this going to be helpful? Does the, uh, is this honest? Is it high quality? Just kind of like some values that are sort of personal values as well. Um, that really helps me to, to stay on track. So yeah. That's kind of some some loose principles, but again, it all sort of just goes back to thinking about the people who are going to see my content. How is it helpful? Um, and yeah, well, what's my goals with that? So, how about for you, Sanji? Yeah, something you mentioned around uh, the making sure you attract the right type of sponsor, which is which is very much indicative of the journey that you've been on. Because I think initially, when we all start YouTube channels, we just surprised mm. if anyone offers a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. And then you see what happens when you get lower quality yeah. uh, options or partners that are coming out there. And you, yeah, you, you realize you actually have the opportunity to build the right kind of environment mm. that will then attract the right type of people. Yep. And uh, I don't think I shared this with you, but someone that you actually recommended to me, Olia, Mm-hmm. Olia online. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, but he's got some really nice visually appealing videos. Yeah. Um, but he, it's not necessarily about, you know, content creation. There's actually a lot of stuff that he does in terms of the online space. Mm. But um, the Creator Now Academy uh, was talking about how they had done a survey of the sponsors out there. And the feedback from them was, we really like using someone like Olia's platform because mm-hmm. he makes such nice looking videos yep. and he can then demand quite a high premium yep. for someone to be sponsored on there. Yep, exactly. I was actually speaking to a uh, a previous brand manager of a, of a pretty well-known brand recently and he was telling me he'd, he'd had contact with Olia and literally that exact thing he said, Olia can charge really high prices compared to a lot of other people because his standard of content is so high. But I think that's mm. like that's a really interesting kind of point because is that authentic for Olia? Do you know what I mean? Like is he presenting mm. a really polished version of his life? Is that is that mm. him being authentic? Um, I think that's the, that's the tricky thing with content mm. is that it's on the one hand, it's like um, it represents you as an, as an individual. And you want to be authentic and true to who you are. But then on the other hand, it's also a business if you mm. are taking it seriously. Um, and so you've got to think about it from a business point of view. And so it's sort of, yeah, I don't know, the two intersect. And I think that's where you've got to find the right balance in terms of being yourself, being authentic, authentic um, but also keeping it professional, you know, doing the right things um, from a business point of view. And maybe that's where the values and principles really start to come in because if you have those underlying principles, um, they yeah. guide both your, I don't know, your individual persona, but also your business decisions. So yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of thinking out loud, but um, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's almost an episode in there. I think Nick around how you navigate that, because I mm. think that is very much the case for us is we want to create content online and we want it to be a more serious thing over time. But there's definitely an opportunity for us to figure out how you find that balance of being, you learn very quickly that you have a brand online, Mm, whether it's something you're trying to intentionally propagate or not, very quickly people associate you as a certain, with a certain type of branding Mm. and the way you talk, the way you, the topics that you cover, the way you approach a certain topic, because nowadays it's very easy to find five people who will talk about the same thing. And there's a way that Nick will talk about something compared to the way that Sanji will talk about something. 
and that's that's sort of your branding there as well. So I yeah, I agree. Olia does certainly he has moments where I think he shows his he certainly has transparency as part of his values, I would say. Like he tries mm-hmm. to be pretty transparent. Yeah. But I agree, like it's a very polished view. Um I like to think that my unpolished view is me being authentic, <laughs> but it's probably me being lazy a lot of the time. Um, uh, but yes, it, it does work for him uh, that yeah. we should probably consider implementing. Yeah. Now, in yeah. terms of some practical advice, um, how how do you approach uh, your content creation journey that, that someone can implement tomorrow when they want to start making videos or creating content online? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like... Like I sort of mentioned earlier, when you first sit down in front of a camera, I think it can be kind of intimidating because um, it does feel pretty weird and unnatural, like talking to a camera. Um, so a few things that I've really found helps, have helped me with that is trying to imagine the camera as a person. Hmm. And it sounds sounds a bit weird. Um, but yeah, like I just imagine how I feel when I'm you know, chatting to you, for example, or chatting to a friend or a family member or whoever it is, something that I'm, someone that I'm comfortable with. Um, and then I try to just speak to the camera like I would with that person rather than trying to put on some sort of persona or something like that. I think that really helps me to stay authentic and like, yeah, feel comfortable, feel relaxed and just, yeah, be more, be more myself. Um, and as well, I think the added benefit is that it helps you connect with your audience better because, you know, people are watching, they want to connect with the, with the person presenting on the, on the, on the video. Um, and if you're you're speaking to the camera like you would a friend, then it feels a lot more friendly, you know, as the viewer. Um, and I'm sure we can both both agree. We've seen, yeah, you know, the, the the types of creators we like to watch are quite conversational. It feels feels natural. So um, that's the first one. Um, did you want to say anything on that? Yeah, I was thinking um, it it is a learned skill. I think it is mm. a learned skill, Nick. It's you start out in a room locked away, very quiet, sometimes very hot because of the lights yep. and you're trying to pretend that there is someone there. Yeah. It, it takes a while to get used to that. And that's where I'd say it's the power of the edit that saves all of us mm. really at some at various <laughs> point. So I've often found, yeah, I will say it as if I am chatting to someone and a lot of our content, you know, it has to come down to eight, 10 minutes, but our, you know, natural, our raw footage might be 30, 40 minutes. So it does help that the edit does help you or the ability to edit helps you cut it really down to what works. And, but I always do start with exactly the same principle that you're saying, Nick is pretend you're explaining it to a friend. And then from that, that helps you have, especially for me, like you can already see in this, if you're watching us, you can see with my hands, how much I talk very visually. And even when I'm listening, I'm very visual and engaged or like very, uh, very active when mm. I'm talking and when I'm listening doesn't mean people who aren't active are not <laughs> talking yeah, well. or listening as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess in that way, I then also translate that in my camera work. Mm. And then when I come into the edit, I sometimes worry and panic that I'm too active. But I think as well, that's kind of my brand is people realize, yeah, yeah that's his thing. Yeah. And I felt better when I saw Ali Abdal does it a lot. Peter McKinnon does mm. it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Maddie doesn't do it that much. He's he's rock solid, and Casey's just <laughs> he's too dynamic to need hand movements yeah. to be interesting. He's yeah. just interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very yeah. true. That's a good point on like um, understanding that it just takes practice. Yeah, yeah. Like you just got to be patient. I think thinking 
that um yeah your first five ten i don't know 20 videos are going to be like peter mckinnon like yeah i think you're just patient with yourself i mean i think i'm still still practicing being comfortable in front of a camera like i've gotten a lot more used to it now but um yeah it's an ongoing process so yeah the the easy cheap one and i'm just as you're saying this, the one that came to mind is the easy cheap way to get good at it is actually not the easy cheap way to get good at it but the easy way to kind of test it out is if you do tutorials because mm. i find a lot of people have enjoyed my tutorials because they're practically useful but it is also a very good example of you just sitting down next to someone explaining to them how to use it yeah, yep. and as you're using it ideas come to mind as well and a lot of times people have said in the comments they've said you've answered every question i've had because i'll in my mm. video i'll say and i know you're probably thinking x after i <laughs> yep. make a y point and they're like yeah that's exactly what i was thinking so that's nice. probably a really good way of getting that engagement as well but also yeah being yep. authentic totally another thing is just i try to do something that relaxes me before i start filming um because again you know if you if you're going to go see a friend and um, have a chat have a conversation you want to be relaxed you don't want to be all tensed up um although <laughs> i tend to be relatively low energy as it is and so i actually like drinking a cup of coffee just to amp me up a little bit before i film yep um so that works for me but yeah i think just finding that thing that works for you you know that will relax you get you in mm-hmm. the right mood um help it help it just come across naturally um i think that's a really good thing like do you have anything sanji that you you do pre-filming pre-filming yeah i think um practically time of day is a big one for me mm-hmm. right. if it's because i've tried everything i've tried early in the morning that didn't go well my voice takes a while to come into gear yeah. <laughs> like all our voices i guess but was, i remember friends saying you were really deep in that video i was like <laughs> yeah i i literally woke up drank some mm-hmm. water and hit record um but later in the night is good but then i do notice like I almost need to be wearing makeup because I start, you know, the age starts to come through. <laughs> but I do feel more myself late at night. Like that's gotcha. better for a certain type of video. Gotcha. Tutorials are probably more a during the day kind of thing. And then temperature is really important to me. It needs mm. to be a bit cooler. Mm-hmm. And I have found if it is, if I do try and put something in at the end of the recording, like I'm, you know, I need to record in the next hour and then I need to go somewhere, that does feel like that actually helps me with some of my videos in terms of it rushes me because I do tend to over-explain stuff. Gotcha. So I I do like having a bit of a time limit because then I know I need to get it done and I think of the quicker way of getting to it, gotcha. um, yeah. which I know is a bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. I think we've already touched on some of the points around sponsorships, hmm. uh, which is around, yeah, um, around finding the right balance, finding right partners, finding mm. people that you would actually use. Um, yeah. Like I've said, um, the companies that I would like to use in a personal finance space, they don't They don't need sponsors. They're, they're, they're going <laughs> fine. And then the Gosh, ones right. who do contact me, I've, I've never used, you've never used, no one will ever use. <laughs> well, that sounds really bad. But <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely a practical thing, and I've 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 personally found some are really obvious no's, like you know when you get a mm. um a fishing product or something, you know that's just completely irrelevant to the channel. It's a pretty easy no, but I have I have found some aren't as clear, um, you know, 
should is this product relevant to my audience is this not relevant to my audience um and i think that's maybe where the principles come back in as well so it's like the principles tend to inform the practicalities like um yeah what's my channel about who am i trying to help and then that'll help you decide whether or not to take the take that particular sponsorship so yeah i was thinking one category we probably didn't touch on was around people if they've been with you for a while they might like to see the journey and i think that does come into authenticity is around you sort of say at the start of the year i'm going to do this or you know this is six months of me trying to do why and uh, that was sort of an idea where maybe you you know you say um, at the start of the year i'm going to try and do these three things and then three months later you make a video about how you did those three things Mm. Um, always the first version of that video no one clicks on because no one cares about what you're going to do Mm. everyone wants to know what you did do and what you learned from it and you know all of that but that's probably a way of maybe it might be more an integrity thing Mm. rather than authenticity but Mm. um, that's always a yeah an interesting thing to try out could be something worth considering as well for someone out there yep um and i i absolutely agree around creating things for other people um i think the classic one is think of what you videos that you would have watched two years ago on a particular Mm -hmm. topic that Mm -hmm. you're now maybe a little bit ahead on so you know for me in the personal finance space it's always about brokerage etfs how do they work how would you set them up in other areas it might be around how do you establish a baseline in terms of your healthcare or whatever it is and um, i'm sure for yourself nick there's probably some key topics in terms of what baseline topics that someone would who's in the early stages of creating content would want to learn about mm-hmm. and would want to build and and that helps prompt you and, and it's always yeah it's that same idea of having the right target audience the other caveat for me i've realized is i can't i have to be careful of the stocks that i talk about mm. um and i it's weird it's around being authentic but you can't front run investment decisions see i can never really talk about what i'm investing in right now because it may be perceived as me telling people to invest in it as well and then i you know i can i can get a benefit from that so there's something i've been doing a lot of in terms of the investing space like a particular thing that i'm investing in but i can't really make a video about it and talk about it today because i while it would be very authentic it probably wouldn't be very legal <laughs> in terms of this is something I'm doing, but it's probably something that I can do down the track gotcha. and, yep. and talk about. Yep. Um, and similarly, actually, sorry, this is my final point, is around something Colin and Samir, I think, talked about at times is around um, making sure you show, show your receipts on the internet. Mm. Um, so your proof of doing things. So I think for mm. yourself, Nick, it's it's really much around, you know, I use this product, uh, it's it's an example of, you know, how I'm actually using something that I'm recommending, but also this is how I built the channel. Um, mm-hmm. We've got the evidence of that. Mm-hmm. And similarly for me, if I'm making investments, it's just making sure I'm calling out, yep. you know, here's evidence of it, or, uh, you know, I show screenshots here or there of something yep. to call it out. Yeah, and and also like delivering on kind of like you were saying before, delivering on your promises and mm. doing the things you say you're going to do. Like I, I was listening to them talk about their um the course that they're creating. They were basically saying how they're really putting a lot of effort into it to make sure it is really high quality and it does give people a lot of value. Because otherwise, yeah, it doesn't come across that they don't come across as authentic. There, I guess mm. their um reputation as being authentic goes down the toilet if you know they put out a product and ask people to pay for it um that's not actually good 
So yep. it's just the same thing with with content, making sure, um, yeah, that I deliver on what I'm what I'm recommending or or saying or whatever it is. So, yeah, I look forward to the episode we do on experience of launching products. Yes, um, yes. that we do one day. Which, <laughs> which means we've actually made a product and sold it, and that will be a great experience yeah. to share. Yeah, yeah, hopefully uh, so. I hopefully do think so. that would be super interesting. Yeah, on a mm. uh, uh, a journey basis to actually document that. Sorry, mm. what were you saying? Yeah, no, I would just totally agree, and it will it will be soon, hopefully. Yep. So. Oh, cool, awesome! I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. There you go. Um, all right, so Nick, where can people uh, find you on the internet? I am on YouTube, Nick Kendall. And then Instagram sometimes. I feel like it changes every every episode we record. Just uh, at Nick Kendall underscore. And then my newsletter is Create Better. You can sign up on my YouTube channel. How about you? Awesome. Yeah, I'm Sanji Sen on YouTube and SanjiSen.com on the internet. And that's really it in terms of where I'm broadly active. Everywhere else I've got a presence, but don't expect too much is what I would say. Nice. So with that, we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye for now. Bye for now.